riding high when I drove you to the lake that starry night. Took a little detour through an open field. Our first taste of how freedom feels in an 8774 by 4 singing. Beautiful Texas, a little Zane Williams to get this party started for us on the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm your host, Cable Smith, and I am so pumped to be here talking hunting, fishing, and the great outdoors with all that implies with you fine folks this morning. And man, oh man, we've got an awesome show lined up for you. You guys and gals know the routine by now. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that old beat up thermos. Grab that stool and pull it a little closer to the old campfire because we've got so much to get into today and we'll kick it off by talking some bow hunting with one of the all-time greats. When Tom Miranda drops by, uh, Tom is a member of the very elite North American Super Slam fraternity, having harvested all 29 North American big game species using only archery equipment. Uh, Tom tells us, which hunt out of all of those was the toughest and why. And of course, we'll also uh, talk some trapping as as Tom originally was a government trapper uh, in his earlier years. And, and we'll talk about his two incredible bow hunting shows that he hosts on Outdoor Channel. Uh, so great stuff coming up with Tom Miranda. Then we'll talk some bass fishing with renowned outdoor writer Matt Williams, whose recent feature in Texas Outdoors Journal just might help you become a better bass fisherman. So stay tuned for some great largemouth tips with Matt uh, coming up here in a bit. After that, we'll discuss the recently passed 2014 Farm Bill and what it means for conservation and waterfowl specifically versus what it means from a tax dollars and socioeconomic standpoint. And we'll do that with Ducks Unlimited CEO Dale Hall. Uh, So I'll ask Dale the tough questions and we'll see what he has to say because not everybody is pleased with the new farm bill. Uh, then we'll wrap things up when our longtime good friend, Captain Lynn Gerard, joins us live from the upper Laguna Madre for our coastal fishing report. And not only will we talk about the redfish trout and flounder bites, uh, but we'll also get into the proposed Texas Parks and Wildlife regulation changes that, if passed, could see the trout limit drop from 10 to 5 fish per angler. So, We'll get a guide's view on uh, on what he thinks the trout fishery looks like right now and, and what those regulation changes could mean going forward. Uh, so it's going to be a great show. I am certainly excited about it. A couple other things to mention here. Don't forget to send in your photo of the month submission for February. Larson Electronics is going to sponsor this month's contest. We've got a 100-watt halogen spot flood combo spotlight, ideal for predator or hog hunting at night. All you need to do is email me your best outdoor photo to LoneStarOutdoorShow at gmail.com. And uh, and remember that uh, each of our monthly winners will square off at the end of this year for a chance to join me on an exotic trophy hunt down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. So if you want to harvest a black buck or an axis buck with me, just send in your best outdoor photo to LoneStarOutdoorShow at gmail.com. Let's do a real quick giveaway here. Uh, I've got one of our PETA, they can kiss my Texas A asterisk asterisk t-shirts. They're also available for sale on our website. But I've got one here to give away this morning. Uh, We'll give it to the third person to text in the word archery. That's archery 
when you hear Leonard Skinner on this morning's broadcast. We had a request for some Leonard Skinner, uh, so we'll knock that out at some point this morning. When you hear Leonard Skinner, just text in the word archery to 214-289-7807. That's archery to 214-289-7807, and uh, you could win one of our PETA. They can kiss my Texas you-know-what t-shirts. Uh, what else? Don't forget to go like our Facebook page. We're also on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Look us up there. Let's knock out a quick break. When we return, we'll be joined by one of the all-time greats to ever pick up a stick and string. Tom Moran will be here. You're listening to the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Was an Arizona ranger, wouldn't be too long in town. He came here to take an outlaw back alive or maybe dead. And he said it didn't matter, he was after Texas Red. After Texas Red. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. BioBore EB is the premier gasoline additive that combats the negative effects ethanol has on an engine. Its comprehensive formula is designed to protect marine engines and marine environments, yet also works great in all two- and four-stroke engines. It prevents phase separation and ethanol-related engine problems while stabilizing fuel for 18 months. BioBore's detergents also clean the entire fuel system of carbon and varnishes. BioBore EB has the best treat rate in the industry. One ounce treats an amazing 15 gallons of gas. Available at your local sporting goods store or visit BioBore.com today. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. We hope you love listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, because we do, and we're proud to be a title sponsor. Now listen up, we here at Hoffbear Outdoor Superstore have got some great deals for you folks that love the great outdoors. Whether you're needing a brand new Polaris ATV, or maybe a Polaris Ranger, to ride around check your deer feeders, get to and from the deer blind, maybe to get you down to the dove patch, whatever your needs are, we can fix you up with a brand new Polaris today. Now we're also a New Holland tractor and equipment dealer. Now I'm just speculating, but maybe you need a new tractor and shredder to shred around your deer blinds, maybe clean up around deer camp, or maybe even shred a few lanes in those sunflower pack. Now, we've got lots more than just Polaris and New Holland, so come check us out today. Hoffbauer's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. You can check us out on the web at hpolaris.com. Better yet, just come see us. Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas, and in Central Texas for over 48 years now. And folks, we couldn't have stuck around this long. We were steering you wrong. Hey everybody, this is Brandon Ryder, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Scat giddy, your tail's on fire. Paint yourself a soul survivor. Baby daddy is the best thing for you. Love ain't a feeling, it's something that you'll do. Pop it up for the shock of a lifetime. Nobody gonna kiss your behind. Life ain't easy singing with a choir. Scat giddy, your tail's on fire. Cable Smith welcoming everybody back to the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. That's the latest from Brandon Ryder, Scat Kitties, the name of that one, as we're about to really get things going here uh, with one of the most respected bow hunters of all time. But first, this segment, proudly brought to you by STI Guns, Texas made and Texas proud. They're based out of Georgetown. They've got a full line of 1911 and 2011 style pistols in all calibers. Check them out at sti-guns.com for your next handgun purchase. And do what I did. Go Texan. Go STI. 
Well, without further ado, it is my pleasure to welcome uh, one of only a handful of bow hunters to complete the North American Super Slam, harvesting all 29 big game species with archery equipment. Uh, he's also a lifelong trapper, outdoor writer, and hunting show host, including Territories Wild, which currently airs on Outdoor Channel. It's my pleasure to welcome the great Tom Miranda to the program. Hey, no worries. Uh, awesome uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, hook up with cable. <laughs> right on, man. Well, Tom, let's jump right into it. How was this past hunting season for you? Oh, hunting seasons are hunting seasons when you've been doing uh, TV bow hunting as long as I have. Uh, you know, you go out there, you do your best, you, you grind it out, and uh, get it done. Uh, because it's not radio, we got to have the kills on video. And <laughs> getting, some of the, getting some of the kills on video or having the hunts uh, successful can be tough. And so uh, if you don't get one, it's a do-over. And um, I got an opportunity to travel a lot this last year. Uh, doing a lot more international hunts than normal, and um, just enjoying it, you know, getting out there and, uh, and working hard to uh, to make it, you know, a real hunt. And I think that's apparent in each one of your TV shows. Uh, and, Tom, you know, you're one of only like 20 or so bow hunters to complete the North American Super Slam, uh, taking all 29 big game animals with just your bow and arrow. Not bad for a guy who originally pursued a career as a professional trapper. Yeah, well, my roots were as a trapper. You know, I started trapping when I was 11 years old, and, uh, you know, I loved being outside. And, of course, I played football and baseball and ran track and hockey and all the things you do when you're a kid. But, you know, as I got older, I just uh, the woods is where it was at for me. I enjoyed being out there. And as a trapper, you know, uh, when you run your trap line, every morning is like Christmas. You don't know what you're going to get. And it's the same thing with bow hunting. Uh, as my as as I got older, I decided to do a little more bow hunting and, and things, you know, it's just like trapping to me because every day you don't know if you're going to have that animal in range. And of course, originally I wanted to do a TV show on trapping and that wouldn't fly. So uh, <laughs> my bow hunting uh, worked out, worked out well for that. So yeah. And I enjoyed doing it. And a lot of guys, a lot better bow hunter than I am. It's just that um, I've had a, a fortunate opportunity to be able to uh, turn a career into it and, and get, get an opportunity to be on TV and, and, a lot of uh, I've been blessed in a lot of ways, no no question. Well, you kind of already answered my next question, uh, which was why did you give up the dream of, of being a professional trapper? Because you had a viable career as a government trapper, uh, but I guess obviously uh, a TV show based on trapping uh, wasn't as appealing to, uh, to the masses. But uh, just uh, some of the things that you did in the early 90s, and I'm just going to read these off here, skydiving, bungee jumping, flying a Navy F-14, Rodeo clowning, bull riding, scuba diving, fire walking, which I don't even know what that is, but you did all these things as the host of Outdoor Adventure Magazine during the early 90s on ESPN, and, and I think that uh, all bow hunters are adrenaline junkies of some kind, but man, you really took it to the next level. Well, I, I do enjoy adventure, and I'm somewhat of a thrill seeker, and <laughs> You find out early when you try to get into the television genre, you know, as a career that you better have a hook, you better have a niche. And uh, obviously, trapping didn't work for me. Bow hunting did, but there's a lot of other guys that have have good hunting shows. And so um, I was a pilot at the time, and decided that you know maybe I can work my uh, piloting skills into this in one way or another. And of course, uh, Outdoor Adventure Magazine was born, and basically it was hunting, fishing, and adventure every week. And uh, I was uh, my first air on ESPN was in July, actually July 4th, 1992. And I had a great 20-year career on ESPN, 
doing not only the bow and arrow hunting shows, but the outdoor adventure magazine and hosting other shows for them as well. So it was a, it was a great startup. Uh, you, you learn after about seven or eight years of doing the adrenaline sports that uh, the next time might be your last. And so I decided to, I'd rather hunt dangerous bears and elephants and uh, hippopotamuses than jump out of airplanes. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit, my friend. Uh, but Tom, and I'm sure you've been asked this question a million times, but for our listeners' sake, which species was the hardest to harvest on your quest to complete the North American Super Slam? Well, a Super Slam is the 29 North American animals, and it is comprised of slams because there are different, like there's five different caribou, and to get all five would be a slam. Uh, you know, there's four different bears, um, black bear, a brown bear, grizzly bear, and polar bear. That's Those four bears are a slam. And when you look at all the animals in North America, you, 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 it comprises the super slam. The hardest, of course, of all the animals are the sheep, especially with bow and arrow, because uh, sheep live at the top of the mountains, so the terrain's rough, the weather conditions are rough. Sheep have really good eyesight, and uh, they're very difficult to get close to. In the alpine country, there's not a lot to hide behind, and a lot of times the shots are far. Uh, it's a grueling hunt. A lot of hunters give up, eventually shoot their animal with a, shoot their sheep with a rifle, and then it's not an archery super slam at that point. It's not an archery kill. And so to, to, to do the grand slam of sheep as one of the slams of the super slam is the most difficult part. And my most difficult hunt was the bighorn sheep hunt in the Canmore bow zone, which is an area in Alberta that is set up just for bow hunting. But you have to hunt in November, which is the winter time there, of course. And mm. it's at 10,000 feet where the sheep live. So, you know, we had two, three feet of snow on the ground, minus 30-degree temperatures, windy. If you can imagine staying in a tent on a mountaintop for 14 days, it took me to shoot my sheep. Very, very difficult and challenging hunt, the hardest hunt I've ever done. Uh, was it the, was the hardest just from the standpoint of uh, the cold weather and the conditions and the fact that it was my first sheep, and I realized at that point how hard it was to be a sheep hunter and, and to be a mountain hunter mm-hmm. and that, my hats off to anybody who can hunt a mountain sheep with a bow and be successful for the grand slam uh, i was number 52 uh, i was a 52nd bow hunter to accept the grand slam award um and i think only 55 guys have ever done it so that's pretty crazy and that's just for the sheep the four sheep uh-huh. for bow and arrow actually now there have been 22 uh super slammers Okay, so only 22 of y'all have uh, taken all 29 big game species with a bow, so a pretty rare company there. Uh, Tom, you're very entrenched in the production aspect of outdoor television. You've produced hundreds upon hundreds of episodes for a wide array of show titles. Uh, What is it about production that you find so appealing? Well, growing up as a trapper, you're kind of a do-it-yourself guy, you know. I mean, it's like you got to go out there and set the traps, find the animals, catch them every day, skin them out, all those things. And you know, I grew up as a more of a how-to guy. And when I started getting involved in production, first in videos, uh, you know, I, I needed to learn how to run the camera. I needed to learn how to write scripts. I needed to learn how to edit uh, to to be to you know to actually be the best uh, producer that I could be. And and I think that it just translates from my upbringing as, you know, a do-it-yourself kind of guy. And a bow hunter is the same way. You know, we have a lot of gadgets, but we tend to like to go out on our own to scout, find the animals, get close. And uh, it just was a perfect fit and and be around a lot of creative people, which have taught me a lot. And, of course, I was able to teach them a lot about the hunting side of it. So a production company has done quite well in, in producing shows on hunting, especially bow and arrow hunting. 
And uh, right now I have two bow and arrow hunting shows on Outdoor Channel. I have uh, Matthew's Adventure Bow Hunter with Tom Miranda, which chronicles my my 13-year quest for the Super Slam. Uh, it has all 29 hunts and all 29 harvests, which I was lucky enough to be the first bow hunter to get all of the arrow impacts for the Super Slam on video. So it's a pretty interesting scenario. The Outdoor Channel runs that show, and then it also runs Matthew's Territories Wild with Tom Miranda, which is basically the diary of my bow hunting adventures around the globe. And Territories Wild uh, airs Monday nights at 9 p.m. Central on Outdoor Channel, so y'all set your DVRs. Uh, some of the insane things that you do on this show, a takedown, a bull elephant with a bow and arrow. I mean, I've seen it on YouTube, but man, I just can't believe that you can get so much penetration on an animal that insanely big with just a broadhead. It's uh, amazing what modern archery equipment can do and an accurate shot. Um, you know, it takes a heavier poundage bow. It takes a heavier projectile, heavier gauge type broadhead, very sharp broadhead. You have to get in close. It's a dangerous hunt, probably the most dangerous hunt on the planet. Uh, there are too many elephants in the world, and uh, they're eating themselves out of house and home in the few places that they're not uh, poached and uh, killed out. And, and it, there's definitely a need for hunting. And the opportunity to take a damage control elephant with a bow and arrow was a dream of a lifetime for me and uh, a very exciting hunt. And to, get the, to see the kill shot on video over and over again uh, is, is, is exciting because it was it was exactly how it was in real life. I mean, it was a very exciting. It's a, this is a 12,000 pound animal at 12 yards. And, um, it's, uh, your knees are knocking <laughs> when you go to full draw. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, uh, I imagine so, man. Oh, geez. But Hey Tom, just going back to trapping here for a second, you know, fur prices are pretty good right now today. Uh, and you've written a litany of articles and books on the topic. You've produced DVDs on it as well. So what advice would you give to anyone out there who wants to get into trapping? Well, my, the, I think the best advice I could give is do it because you love it. Don't do it for the money. I mean, the money's great, and it's always there. And I really don't know anybody who would go out and trap and just um, for the, trap the animals for free and just give them away because it is a lot of hard work. But it's a, it's a love of uh, nature that really gets you involved in trapping the the it's the thrill of the hunt it's going out and finding the tracks and the signs and it's painstaking uh, approach of setting the trap in exactly the right spot you know you have to get you have to have the animal step in that one place and he can step anywhere he wants and so it becomes an art especially to trap coyotes and uh, uh animal you know wolves uh, predators that are pretty you know uh, savvy in their woods ways uh, you got to really think about human scent there's so many things it goes into being a good trapper. It makes it a lot of work, but I think it's the type of sport that once you try it, you'll just be addicted to it because it's so. It is like Christmas every morning. You don't know what you're going to get, and when you are successful, it, it just pushes you to be more successful and to go out and, and, and trap harder. And I think trappers make the best bow hunters because they don't miss much when they're out in the field. They see the tracks, they see the trails. This the grass parted a little bit where the deer or the caribou had went through and that helps you to be a better sportsman. And the up-closeness of the game, of being in the game, I mean, you actually have to dispatch the, the coyote that's in your trap. And so you learn a lot about life and death being a trapper, and it's the same thing with bow hunting. I mean, a 300-yard rifle shot at a deer, you're so removed from it, and there's this big boom, you don't really understand that. But when you've got a deer under your tree at 15 yards and you can see 
his eyelashes moving. And you know you have to get him at the right angle to put the arrow in the vitals to get it done. Um, it gives you a lot more appreciation for wildlife, and that's why I uh, always enjoy trapping, and that's why I'm a bow hunter. Well said. Well said, my friend. And, and I appreciate you being such a, a great ambassador for all the bow hunters out there uh, over the years. And uh, definitely encourage everybody to set those DVRs for Territories Wild Monday nights at 9 p.m. Central. Of course, uh, they can also find you at TomMiranda.com, and, and then you're also on Facebook as well. That's me. Yeah, and uh, Matthew's Adventure Bow Hunters, Sundays at 10 Central. Well, all right, Tom. Thanks again, brother. I uh, certainly appreciate it, and we will talk to you again somewhere on down the line. I appreciate it too, man. Thanks a million. I'll uh, come back anytime. Sounds like a plan. Take care, pal. Cheers. So there he goes, the great Tom Miranda, uh, for sure one of the folks who I admire the most in the outdoor industry uh, and, and truly one of the greatest bow hunters ever, in my opinion. Uh, let's knock out a quick break. When we come back, we'll be joined by outdoor writer Matt Williams, and we'll get into his article on how to become a better bass angler. You're listening to Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors Show. Rockwall Gun Club is North Texas' premier shooting facility, offering both indoor and outdoor ranges, including a unique 500-yard rifle range. If shotgunning's your thing, then check out the 18-station clay course. Opening summer 2014, Rockwall Gun Club is offering special introductory family and corporate membership rates for founding members. Located at 15950 State Highway 205, you can also visit rockwallgunclub.com or call 972-215-6902. Rockwall Gun Club, the private shooting experience. Howdy Outdoorsman, whether you're looking for the ideal place to customize your everyday truck or your ranch 4x4, Lone Star Conversions can do it all. Specializing in custom Jeeps, trucks, exterior liners, spray and bed liners, lift kits, bumpers and lights, it's our purpose to provide customers with the most unique, best valued conversions anywhere. Stop in and see us at our convenient location off of Highway 380 in Denton or call us at 940-484-5500. Of course, you can also check us out at LoneStarJeeps.com. Larson Electronics is a Texas-based lighting company that's been outfitting the United States military since the 1960s. And while they continue to support our troops, they also now have over 200 lights ideal for your hunting and fishing needs. Like the 35-watt HID camouflage Go Light Striker with remote that's 15 million candle power in the palm of your hand. Ideal for predator and hog hunting, they also have remote-controlled floodlights, feeder lights, and LED boat lights. Visit LarsonElectronics.com and go Texan with Larson Electronics for all your lighting needs. You wouldn't take a mule to the Kentucky Derby, and you wouldn't go swimming with your boots on. So why do folks wear mossy green camo to hunt the Great Southwest? Game Guard Camouflage is celebrating 10 years of putting hunters undercover in the rugged Texas terrain. Owner Craig Smith invites you to visit a dealer near you to check out the full line of hunting apparel, caps, bags, coolers, gun cases, dove hunting belts, and the newly designed microfiber shirts. Available in 13 different colors. So whether you're hunting, camping, fishing, or just enjoying the great outdoors, GameGuard has you covered. Visit GameGuard.net to find a dealer near you or call 888-381-4263. GameGuard, the official camo of the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Hey, this is Travis T-Bone Turner from the Bone Collectors, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoors Show. All I can do is snow. Like a lost bound train Running on cocaine and out of control 
Put on the sand side of hill I won't you take me home There's some Ryan Bingham bringing us back on Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show powered by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith. So great to be here with you on a rather chilly Texas morn. We're about to get into some bass fishing talk here momentarily, but first, this segment of the show is brought to you by Lone Star Beer. The best way to wind down after a long day on the water or in the woods is with an ice-cold Lone Star Beer. Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Well, let's go ahead and wet a line here with renowned Texas freelance outdoor writer Matt Williams, who writes for, gosh, a litany of outdoor publications, including Texas Outdoors Journal, And this morning, we're going to discuss his most recent piece, Becoming a Better Bass Angler. Uh, So it's my pleasure to welcome Matt Williams to the program. You bet. Well, it's certainly great to have you with us, Matt. Uh, Obviously, hunting season never really ends in the Lone Star State, but uh, it does slow down for a lot of folks this time of year, and and that means people are bass fishing. Uh, But before we discuss your latest piece in the January issue of Texas Outdoors Journal. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as an outdoor writer? Okay, well, I've been doing this, seems like, for 100 years. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I started writing back in the uh, the late 1980s when I was still a senior in college here in uh, Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches. And uh, hunting and fishing has been my passion my whole life. And I, when I went to school, I've I set my sights on, you know, becoming a, a freelance outdoor writer, and it all just kind of fell together. I mean, I was, uh, I got my first magazine story when I was a senior in college, and it was on the, the state record bass that Earl Crawford caught out of Lake Pinkston in February of 1986. Huh. Uh, that was my, that was the first story I ever did. I write for a bunch of newspapers across East Texas and, and several regional magazine publications, uh, Texas Outdoors Journal and Texas Fishing Game. I'm a field editor for FLW and do a, do a good bit of uh, deer hunting riding for Texas Trophy Hunters. And So needless to say, you stay pretty busy, and I've read countless articles of yours throughout the years, uh, but your latest piece that we mentioned, Becoming a Better Bass Angler, uh, very insightful as it offers 15 tips on how to become a better bass fisherman. And this morning I'd like to hit on a few of those things that I think anglers often overlook. Unfortunately, we don't have time to get into every single tip that you mention, but there are some that I definitely want to get into, uh, starting with buying the best equipment that you can afford. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, fishing tackle has come a long way over the years, but but you still, I mean, you you get what you pay for when you buy uh buy fishing tackle particularly when it comes to buying reels i mean you know there's a certain you know the ball bearings the gears you know there's a lot of craftsmanship goes into that stuff and you don't need to go spend 600 bucks on a reel but you know if you go spend 39.95 on a reel you're going to get what you pay for and you know it's it's not going to perform as well as a as a better quality made reel uh-huh and, you know this is particularly true you know you know, even with not only with with uh, advanced fishermen, but if you're getting trying to get somebody started in the sport, you know, don't go out and buy them a bunch of cheap equipment to get them started, uh, because I mean it, it doesn't work as it doesn't work as well as as the better stuff does, and and you're you're cutting them short from the very start. Mm-hmm. So, I mean that's that's something to keep in mind. I mean it, 
if it doesn't pan out with whoever it is you're trying to break in, I mean, you know, you've, you've, you've got a good reel for yourself if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way I look at it. No doubt. And, and something to look for, you want to make sure the reel has stainless steel ball bearings. Exactly. I mean, that the smoothness, you know, the casting and, and, and the whole nine yards, I mean, they're, it's like night and day when you compare it to another other reels. Mm-hmm. So ideally, purchase the best reel that you can afford, and then if you have to skimp on something, uh, better to do that on the rod. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's lots of good rods that you can buy for a reasonable price. You know, that I mean, I've still got some rods that I bought 20 years ago for, you know, 30 and $40 that I still use on occasion. You know, mm-hmm. and they... They work just fine, but, you know, if you get into more of your specialty-type rods, you can expect to pay a little bit more for those, you know, like rods that are made specifically for topwater fishing or spe- specifically for flipping and pitching and and uh, stuff like that. That's the, that's the route a lot of rod makers are going nowadays. Right, right. Uh, well, Matt, one of the other tips that you mentioned in your article, Becoming a Better Bass Angler, is to be a matchmaker, and I'll let you expand on that. Well, I mean, you've got to match your equipment to the what well, to the fishing technique you're using. I mean, you don't want to go go flip bushes at Lake Falcon with a little fly swatter, you know, fishing rod or, or at Lake Fork. I mean, you know, you're going to get your line broke. Your equipment is, you know, it's just not going to perform like, you know, that's that's basically what I'm what I'm talking about being a matchmaker. You know, match your match your rod and your tackle to the to the technique that you're using. Uh, a lot of that can vary from the different lakes that you're on. You know, if you're on a a lake that has a lot of big fish, adjust your tackle accordingly. Well, Matt, uh, moving on to something else to consider, and I'm actually a prime example of this. I was probably, gosh, I'm 32 now. I was probably 20 uh, when I learned to use a baitcaster, and I grew up bass fishing uh, with my dad, but we used primarily spinning reels. And, uh, you know, really, you just have a lot more control once you've mastered that baitcaster. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I remember when I first started throwing a baitcaster. I mean, it was a it was a nightmare, like <laughs> you said. I mean... But once you do get the hang of it, I mean, you can be so much, your accuracy goes way up with a baitcaster. Bait you, have, you have a lot more, more power and control over, over a big fish with a baitcaster. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, just you can use heavier line on a baitcaster as opposed to a spinning reel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a... There's just a, a number of advantages to, to uh, learning to use a baitcaster right. if you're going to be serious about learning to bass fish. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you need to know how to use a spinning reel, but uh, you have to have the baitcaster as part of your arsenal. It can be in your own front yard, you know. Just get you uh, a weight or a, a rubber, uh, you know, one of those rubber casting, I don't even know what they call them, but, I mean, just you know, you can just practice at home. You don't have to be on the water to learn, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that's where I learned to fly fish was basically uh, in the green belt in front of my in front of my house. Uh, neighbors might have thought I was a little crazy, but I didn't care. Uh, but uh, something else to think about, if you can afford it, uh, you highly recommend that folks look into buying a shallow water anchor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, shallow water anchors ever since... Uh, the power poles and the talons came out. I mean, it's 
it's amazing the difference that one of those things can make in your fishing once you once you have one you become you you come to rely on them so much i mean not only for you know one of the main things that that people think they're only good for is bed fishing and mm-hmm. i mean don't get me wrong they're they're the deal when you're bed fishing because i mean it enables you to to stop the boat and hold the boat steady while you're you're fishing for a bedding fish and, and you don't have to worry about the wind blowing you on top of that fish and moving around and you can you can just put the anchor down and stay put but i mean i've i've i can't think how many times especially during early spring when you're drifting drifting open water flats and you know the your the wind's blowing you and you're catching fish you catch a fish ahead of the boat you know and I'll, historically you just had to either get on the trolling motor or you just kept right on right on uh, fishing you know with let, let, letting the wind blow you and as a result you you blow right over those fish before you have a chance to catch what's there i mean i've put that anchor down and caught five ten fish out of the same spot mm-hmm. you know whereas if i were fighting that trolling motor you run the risk of, of spooking the fish to stay off the spot or you know a lot of guys will just keep you know they may catch one and think well that's all it's there and keep right on going and where there's one there's others oh yeah those shallow water anchors will oftentimes help you you know really capitalize on those types of situations you can use them in 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 fit in fishing matted vegetation and hold the boat steady in certain spots there's just multiple uses for them Mm. And something else that you mentioned there, as far as trolling motors go, uh, you've got to be smart about running it, and, and that comes with experience. But uh, you know, especially during the spring when you're targeting those bass that are that are on their beds, you can really bump a lot of fish if you're not careful when operating that thing. Oh yeah, I mean the trolling motors. It's uh, I mean there are certain situations when, especially when you're looking for bedding fish, if you're at a real still water pocket and you know there's fish in there. I mean, a lot of guys will stay completely off the trolling motor and rely on a push pole to, to maneuver their boat around, you know, to, to look for these fish just for the mere fact that, you know, that trolling motor makes a lot of noise when it's going through shallow, still water. You bump into stuff, and I mean, you can hear it bumping into it from above the water. You can imagine what it sounds like under the water. It can spook a, a bunch of fish real fast. You know, it, it's just something to think about. Yeah, and the entire article brings up these different points that uh, we often overlook as bass fishermen. Uh, But folks can find all of them in the January edition of Texas Outdoors Journal. Uh, Some of the other ones we don't have time to get into. uh, Match the Hatch, Join a Bass Club, Shaky Head Confidence, Wind Factors, all those things are in here. Uh, Great stuff, and and Texas Outdoors Journal, once again, a great publication. I encourage everyone to check it out. Yeah, Bill does a good job with that. We've got a pretty good crew. Well, Matt, we appreciate your time this morning, man, and I am certainly looking forward to reading your next article. Okay, Cable, I appreciate you calling. We'll touch base with you soon. All right, man. All right, there he goes, renowned outdoor writer Matt Williams. Uh, that segment probably brought to you by Rudy's Barbecue, where you can stop by the newest location in front of the Cabela's in Allen, Texas, for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and enjoy Rudy's true Texas-style barbecue. 
Let's knock out a quick break. Coming up next, we discuss the new 2014 Farm Bill, what it means for ducks and conservation versus what it means from a socioeconomic standpoint. And we'll do all that with Ducks Unlimited CEO Dale Hall. You're listening to Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show. I must be high to say goodbye. Did you know there's a bank that will pay you to be its customer? That's right. Lone Star Ag Credit is a cooperative, and since it's owned by its stockholders, pays millions in dividends each year. That's free money to every borrower. Lone Star Ag Credit serves people all over Northeast Texas, assuring you competitive interest rates on real estate loans, rural home loans, livestock, and farm and ranch loans. Contact Lone Star Ag Credit today at 800-530-1252 or on the web at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Equal housing lender. Hey friends, Cable Smith here for DFW Safes. We all know that our guns are a big part of our lives, from grandfather's old 12-gauge to that trusty tack driver of a deer rifle. And DFW Safes is North Texas' premier safe dealer, specializing in rhino, bighorn, huntsman, heritage, and fortress safes, to name a few. They're family-owned and operated and have over 24 years' experience in the safe and installation business. They even have commercial safes for your business and scratch-and-dent safes for the most frugal of gun owners. Visit DFWSafes.com to set up your delivery today. That's DFWSafes.com or call 817-715-1068. At LSC Trailer Sales, we offer a full line of utility trailers from small single axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. We can special order a custom trailer specific to your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions you might have about trailers. Call 940-484-5500 or visit us at lsctrailersales.com. Finally, quality trailers at affordable prices in Dallas-Fort Worth. Hey, y'all, Cable Smith here for Tioga Retrievers. As bird hunters, we expect the most out of our gun dogs, and that's why I sent my sweet girl Belle to Angie and Tim Becker at Tioga Retrievers. Not only were her manners and obedience spot on in the blind and in the field, but Belle picked up over 200 birds in her first season. So whether you want a well-rounded hunting dog or just a well-mannered companion for the home, Tioga Retrievers has you covered. Located in Aubrey, Texas, visit TiogaRetrievers.com. That's T-I-O-G-A Retrievers.com. Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas specializes in exotics such as Axis Deer and Black Buck. Coons Canyon offers quality animals at a price the working man can afford. Right now, save 10% on any package of multiple animals. Military personnel, police, and firefighters also get 10% off. Lodging is available upon request, as are other exotic species. Visit CoonsCanyonRanch.com for your next exotic trophy hunt. That's CoonsCanyonRanch.com. Howdy Outdoors fans, Michael Kerr, View Internet Manager at Graf Chevrolet. We're proud to be the official dealership of the Lone Star Radio Show. We have a large selection of new Chevys starting at just $12,999. Lowest overhead means lowest price in North Texas. We'll beat any price on a new Chevy guaranteed. Drive a little, save a lot, Chevys are cheaper in Grand Prairie. Call 800-560-3518 or shop online 24-7 at GrafChevrolet.com. Graf Chevrolet. Serving Texas Outdoors fans since 1952. Chevy runs deep. Go 
on to Carolina is the name of that one from Shooter Jennings, bringing us back on Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Thank you so much for joining me this morning as we're about to discuss the new and very controversial farm bill and what it means for ducks and conservation. But first, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by Cabela's, who for over 50 years has brought you legendary selection and service let expert outfitters show you the newest hunting, fishing, and camping gear, as well as the best in authentic outdoor apparel and footwear at tough-to-beat prices. And you'll get free shipping when you shop online and ship your order to one of Cabela's three great Texas locations. Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter. Well, our next guest knows a thing or two about wildlife conservation. Having served as the director of the United States Fish and Wildlife Service from 2005 to 2009, before being named the CEO of Ducks Unlimited, it's my pleasure to welcome Mr. Dale Hall back to the show. It's really good to be back, Cable. Well, the pleasure is all ours. And Dale, I know that uh, you got to travel a little bit, uh, hunting quite a few states this past duck season, even made a trip down to South Texas. So overall, how was this past duck season for you? Well, for me, it was a really good one. Uh, I hunted in about six or seven states, and everywhere I went, there were birds. Now, it depended on whether or not you had water and food wherever you were hunting, but the birds themselves were in good numbers, and, and it was a really good season. And what would you say was the highlight for you personally? Uh, well, it's always a highlight when you're able, for me, when I'm able to hunt in some flooded timber. And uh, so I, I got a couple of good hunts in flooded timber this year, and and the mallards and some woodies and, uh, uh, you know, the the, uh, the gabwall or two coming in there. That's just, for me, that's what it's all about, being able to stand next to a, a good uh, cypress tree or, or oak tree that's flooded up and, and be able to shoot some birds. Awesome, awesome. Well, Dale, uh, now that you've had a couple years at the helm of Ducks Unlimited, what has it been like switching over from, you know, government employee as the director of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to the private sector as the CEO of Ducks Unlimited? Well, there's there's a lot of benefits to it. Uh, working for government was, was a real privilege, and, and being able to do things through my career and be associated with serving the people, was that was important. And I, and I hope people never lose sight of the fact that, that public service is a very honorable profession, and, and we need people to and, and young people to get into it. But switching over into the private sector was really, really nice from a management standpoint, from an operational standpoint, where I had to, to worry about two years in advance on a budget. If I'd have money to pay for something, I had to put in for it two years ahead of time because of the budget cycle mm -hmm. and the way things worked. I mean, in, here in the private sector, you know, we work on an annual budget cycle, and we know if we have the funds and if something needs to be done, it's a lot easier just to go get it done. And then, of course, the people – uh, that I get to work with are phenomenal. Right. Uh, Ducks Unlimited is strong and is based in, in volunteerism. We have 50,000 volunteers across the United States, and, and uh, they really do a lot of the work for us and get the, the job done, and that's really heartwarming. So I, I really do enjoy working in the private sector. Very well. Uh, and, Dale, we actually got some great news this past week when the U.S. House passed the new 2014 Farm Bill. Uh, before we get into what exactly that means for ducks, Let's talk about something that directly affects the Texas waterfowler, uh, and that is the amount of wetlands that we're losing annually, uh, not just in Texas, but also along the coast. And, and obviously, uh, the prairie pothole region and, and nesting cover is very valuable as well, but let's focus on wetlands for now. 
Well, we're still for wetland. The wetland loss is mainly along the coastal area, so it really is uh, important to you. But as the Fish and Wildlife Service does their surveys, uh, every five years uh, they do a survey on wetland loss. And uh, we're still losing sixty to 70,000 net acres a year of, of wetlands. Now, what that doesn't tell you is, you know, what kind of quality they are. So uh, it's in some places they're they're really good wetlands. In other cases, they're wetlands that are getting the job done for us, but are not necessarily what you call the highest quality. But nonetheless, uh, starting way back with President, uh, you know, George H. W. Bush when he wanted to have no net loss, we've been all working since then to try and make sure that happens. And there's been a lot of progress made, but still. Uh, especially along the coastal areas, we're, we're losing more than we're gaining. And so, Dale, how is the Farm Bill going to combat habitat loss, both in coastal wetland areas and then also in the in the prairie pothole nesting regions? Well, the Farm Bill uh, helps a lot. When you consider, uh, first of all, I want to put it into perspective that we didn't get everything we wanted, but seldom are you going to get everything you want in, in a Farm Bill um, when I say what we want, I'm talking really about the conservation provisions. Mm-hmm. And those conservation provisions are CRP, WRP, and all those programs that people are familiar with. Uh, we did get the Conservation Reserve Program, CRP, back. We got it at a lesser number. It was at 24 million acres this time. But given where some people wanted to take it, that was a real success. We also got a billion dollars uh, of eligible spending for wetlands, which is really important, of course, to uh, to trying to keep the, the migratory uh, flyways open and, and have the round-trip ticket available for the birds. Because we know they nest in grasslands, well, you know, quickly get into the wetlands up north, but then as they're coming down, it's those wetlands and grasslands that, that, that help keep things going, and also those ag lands. Uh, uh, rice in particular is a good wet crop, and it's really important for waterfowl uh, from the standpoint that it's becoming a surrogate wetland for us. So the Farm Bill helps us there. And then the final thing that we were after that the Farm Bill did include was what we called the recoupling of um, the crop insurance program with the compliance with the conservation provisions. Uh, That was decided to be limited to the prairie region where the waterfowl are produced. So there's six states up there that that if they break sod that uh, has not been broken, they could lose their crop insurance. Mm. Uh, so that's an incentive because the, the public pays about 60 cents out of every dollar for the crop insurance for farmers. We agree with that. We think it's important that farmers have that kind of backstop, but we don't want the crop insurance program to be an incentive to go convert really marginal lands uh, that are serving better for wildlife uh, into agriculture. And this farm bill recouples those and makes that important. Well, that is certainly great news for ducks and for all other animals as well. And uh, just looking at a 10-year pie chart projection here, it looks like $56 billion will go towards the ducks in conservation. That sounds like a lot of money, Dale, but when you think about it, it's only 6% of the overall pie programs such as food stamps are getting 756 billion uh, that's almost 80 percent of the overall funding which most hard-working americans and, and dare i say most hunters out there have a major problem with well and we understand that but i think the reality of life is that 
if you take that nutrition portion and try and segment it off, which the House actually tried to do, they passed first the conservation and the farm provisions, and then they passed uh, separately afterwards the nutrition provisions and nutritionists, the SNAP program, you know, food stamps and, and school lunches and those sorts of things, what they call the nutrition side. And it is true, absolutely true, that 80% of the farm bill is in that food stamp and nutrition portion, and 14% is in the uh, farmer and what the farmer or rancher might get, but particularly a farmer, uh -huh. and then 6% is in conservation. Our When we work the Hill and when we go up there and we try and talk to these members, it becomes evidently clear that we can make that sort of holier-than-thou argument if we want to, but we're going to lose it. Mm -hmm. And so we understand that uh, it's it's better to uh, let other people argue the merits and the, whether or not it's thrifty and whether or not there's abuse going on. You know, those of us in conservation are trying to focus on making sure there are conservation provisions, and I doubt we could get a conservation uh, the, the conservation title by itself. So reality of life is in compromise. That's the way you try to work things. Well, like we said, $56 billion over 10 years uh, dedicated to conservation is a great thing. Uh, sadly, you know, the socioeconomic impact is going to be a little more devastating with the $756 billion earmarked for nutrition and food stamps. But, you know, we're going to be paying for the, those who are a drain on society one way or the other, those who don't want to work and do their share. So at least we got this money written into this uh, into this farm bill. So it's a great day for conservation. Yeah, and, and our negotiation with the Senate and the House was that it was, you know, if you looked at it before, it was a trillion-dollar bill, 6%, $60 billion, and, and we said we'll take up to 10%, but if you ever cross that line, we'll start fighting you over the unfairness of not taking, you know, because what ends up is it was 1% basically coming out of the, the uh, SNAP program, uh, and you know, you know, eight to ten percent coming out of conservation, but again, uh, we we just felt like that in the public's eye we wouldn't win that one. So, but we did draw the line, and they they honored it, mm -hmm. and so we're we're pretty happy with that. Well, overall, great day for ducks, great day for conservation. Uh, we appreciate everything that Ducks Unlimited does, fighting on the front lines there in D.C. Well, well, we couldn't do it without the support of you guys, and and we really do appreciate you. And we certainly want to encourage everybody to get plugged in with their local Ducks Unlimited chapter. I mean, this is a grassroots organization at its core. Yep, we have 2,000-plus chapters across the country. So if you can't find one, come to our website. We'll help you find one. Hey, Dale, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. I appreciate you and I appreciate all you guys that are out there hunting and helping to pay the bills and make conservation uh, be alive today and tomorrow. Take care, brother. All right, you too. All right, there he goes, Ducks Unlimited CEO Dale Hall. Uh, we do need to knock out a quick break here. When we come back, we'll be joined by Captain Lynn Gerard, who joins us live from the Texas coast for a very chilly coastal fishing report. We're talking redfish, trout, and a whole lot more. You're listening to Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show. She's got a smile that'll steal your soul. She thinks the Ramones saved rock and roll. She's a lost. Found. And she's the only girl I need around. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution the system hog trap 
comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The system is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. The new Bobcat Utility Vehicle is here at Bobcat of Dallas and Fort Worth, and it's hungry. Get ready to work like an animal and love it. Powerful, ultra-comfortable, and sure-footed, this lineup of vehicles delivers legendary Bobcat performance, so you can sink your teeth into a wide range of jobs with twice the horsepower, 1,850 pounds of payload capacity, and four-wheel independent suspension, you will love it. Stop in at Bobcat of Dallas and Fort Worth to see for yourself. Is the music of the Dirty River Boys, the pride of El Paso, Texas, bringing us back on the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith, thanking you so much for letting me ride shotgun with you this morning, as we're about to talk some bay fishing here with a longtime friend of the show. But first, this segment is brought to you by Sendero Seed Company, Texas' premier seed company. They've got anything and everything you need to keep your whitetail herd healthy and happy, including the Dr. Deer-backed Buck Forage Oats. Check them out at SenderoSeed.com or call my buddy Rob Hughes at 1-877-610-SEED today. Sendero Seed Company for all your planting needs. Uh, well, let's go ahead and bring on our old friend, Captain Lynn Gerard, who joins us now live from a very chilly Texas coast. Captain Lynn, always a pleasure, my friend. Well, Cable, you keep your mittens on. Oh, you bet. I mean, we've had some snow up here in North Texas this week, and I know it's been pretty cold along the coast as well. Oh, yeah, it's, it's brutal. And it's not just the cold. The worst part is it's, it's going up and down so often. It's like we'll, have, we'll be 70, you know, 75, and then next day we're down to 40, and then like tonight's supposed to be freezing, so that's so weird. Yeah, that is pretty weird for you guys down there. Uh, but, you know, any up-and-down type of temperature pattern is really going to cause an inconsistent bite. That being said, though, I know that uh, you're still spending plenty of days out on the water. I've had a few cancellations, of course, but they're going to come back in the spring. Mm -hmm. But 
what it is mostly it's it's not uh you know if it's cold you know like for four you know five days in a row or, or stays steady now that's the point because you know if it's steady then you can find your fish but it's been so up and down with the water temperature changes so drastically that that you know like one day you'll they'll be there and the next day not but now starting this week it looks like it's going to get good again it looks like we're going to stable out quite a bit mm-hmm. and a little bit higher temperatures because the water temperature is going to we figure it's going to rise up to about 65 and then that's perfect i mean we're there's the fish are out there to catch mm-hmm. this is the best time of year i love i love these giant red fish and giant drum and the flounder are moving around a lot it's pretty crazy Right, right. And I imagine there's still quite a few keeper redfish um, in the bay system that haven't moved out into the Gulf of Mexico yet. Yeah, they sure are. There's, that's what I mean. There's more still in, the, uh, in our areas where we fish. There's not The majority are not in the Gulf yet, I believe. It's my own opinion, but that's what you know. all the other guys are saying the same thing. And live shrimp, of course, is really super hard to find. I mean, that's like almost an impossibility on certain times, but I have my little... I have a little secret shrimper that goes out. When he doesn't get enough shrimp to sell to the bait shops, he'll call me right away. And and so my backyard is full of shrimp, so I'm not worried. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have my own little my own little supply. Yeah, well, you live right there on the on the canal. I live right on the canal. Yeah, I live right on the right on the water. So kind and I just you know keep them happy, keep the shrimp happy out there until I get the trip, and then we're off and running. So mm-hmm. so that obviously I'm catching more fish than anybody right now. Years of experience, I tell you what, tricks of the trade right there. Captain Lynn, uh, are you guys still experiencing a nice early morning topwater bite? Well, right now this one we're catching, you know, there's some giant trout right now. People are just, you know, this is a little bit more toward Baffin Bay. And they're using the corkies. I think it was the pink corky was hot the other day. And chartreuse, um, plum and chartreuse, plum color with the chartreuse tail for the soft plastic isn't working real well. And these trout are just immense. One guy had one. Somebody had, I was just told by Captain Grant, a good friend of mine, that uh, the record was broken. The, the trout record, it was said something like a 37-inch, you know, humongous fish, but it hasn't oh, wow. been verified yet. And uh, so that's a hog right there. But they've been averaging, you know, a lot of fish over 30 inches. That's pretty crazy. Wow, that is a, a huge average uh, over 30-inch trout, that's amazing. And, and just going back to that potential state record, Captain Lynn, I haven't heard anything about that, so that's news to me, uh, something that we'll definitely follow up on. But the current state record's just over 37 inches, so, yeah, you're right there with uh, with what you heard, if it's true. No, that would be Texas. They, they said it was the Texas state record had been broken yesterday. Oh, my gosh. I haven't even seen a news release on it. I haven't heard about it. I thought maybe you'd hear about it, too. I haven't heard about it yet, so it's probably obviously not confirmed. Well, I will sure find out. Probably be everywhere right now. Well, I'll certainly get to the bottom of it for us, and uh, if it is true, we'll get the angler on the show, that's for sure. Oh, heck yeah. Well, Captain Lynn, obviously huge trout are being caught all over the place right now. A good number of redfish still around. What about flounder? Are y'all getting into any uh, flatfish? Starting to get more flounder and um, and bigger also. And so that's really, you know, I kind of, I like to, you know, like we catch our, when we start catching our drum, we get our, you know, our, boat full of drum and redfish and trout. Then we like to go chase the flounder, and I got a couple of real secret holes that I haven't been getting. I've been catching maybe four, uh, one day three. They're just, you know, it's, it's adding up now. It's starting to you know, get better and better. So Right. So uh, that's always kind of fun, too, to get, you know, different species of fish. You know, it's kind of funny you know, when, the, when the guy gets 
second of the week, it's that cleaning the fish, and he's got one bag full of redfish, a bag full of trout, a bag full of black drum, a bag full of sheephead, and a bag full of flounder. I mean, that makes, kind of makes your day right there. Fun and uh, not to mention absolutely delicious. I mean, three of the best eating fish out there, in my opinion. I think it's going to last for a while. So I think this, as soon as this cold snap quits and we start to get, like I said, stable and we're getting into the, you know, the 60, 70 degree weather every day, then I know it's just going to explode. It's just going to be great. And so, Captain Lynn, where are you finding most of your fish right now? I imagine since it has been so cold uh, that you're having to go a little bit deeper than usual. With this water, this temperature, everything is deep. You even see, like, a lot of times you'll be seeing sea turtles up here in Laguna Madre. All, they're kind of stunned and they're, you know, disoriented and stuff. And so you got to watch out for them if you don't run over one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you've got to keep your eye out there. So everything is just real off whack. It's kind of crazy right now. Yeah. So like I said, starting Monday, I think we're going to be right back in the ballpark again. So I'm going to keep my winter race until probably after the spring break. Uh-huh. So it's a good time to come and fill your freezer right now. I mean, this is the best time. And all folks have to do to get that uh, discount with Captain Lynn is just tell them they heard about him right here on the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoor Show. That's right. You get your discount. And you also offer hotel discounts to all of your clients as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The hotels give, uh, well, you know, it's not super good, but 15% is pretty cool. Yeah. There's uh, several that do that. And I've taken the big owners of Best Western out a couple of times, and so they're stoked. You know, they, they take it to well, Captain Lynn, always great to visit with you. Uh, we'll do it again very soon. And, you know, in a couple weeks, we should have some more info on the potential trout regulation changes as far as bag limit goes. Yeah. Believe it or not, they're also trying to lobby on that, you know, on the uh, the limit, trying to get it down to five, which is pretty crazy. But, you know, they, I, I've never seen a shortage myself. I think it's pretty crazy. We had a, our best trout season almost ever last year. Big trout and little trout, but I, everybody has their own opinions, and I guess uh, we'll soon find out what happens. Yeah, and we're just waiting for some news on that, to be honest. I have a call-in with the Coastal Fisheries Division of Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, for their executive director, Robin Rikers. He's been on the show multiple times, uh, but we'll get him on the air and, and cover that topic in detail as well. Oh, and I've heard so many different opinions, political, you know, it's just like anything, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. never know. Well, yeah. anyway, thanks, Cable, and and uh, I'll probably see you in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. We'll do it again very soon. Uh, hopefully find some warm weather here. Yeah, then I'll give a good and much better fishing report. My <laughs> fingers won't be numb. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Lynn. Bye-bye. All right, there he goes. The very cold but always affable Captain Lynn Gerard. Uh, and you can check out his website at captainlinsfishing.com, by the way. Uh, man, unfortunately, we are out of time. Thanks to Captain Lynn as well as our other guest, uh, bow hunting icon Tom Miranda, uh, outdoor writer Matt Williams, and of course Ducks Unlimited CEO Dale Hall. Uh, we certainly appreciate all their contributions. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Cabela's Lone Star Outdoors show as we deviate from the normal plan here just a little bit and end this morning's broadcast uh, with a little Weezer. In honor of uh, one of my best friends who lost his battle with leukemia this past week. Andrew, this is for you, man. I know you're looking down with a smile. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. 